What's up and welcome back to the Secret Sauce Podcast where we chat with Chick-fil-A owners about their secret sauce for creating a culture of care and a movement of multiplying leaders. I'm your host, Josh Swing, and I've got a question for you. Are you a great cheerleader? My guest and friend, Eric Mason, is going to share why being a cheerleader is the most valuable thing we can do as a leader. Eric is the owner of Chick-fil-A Madison Avenue in Sacramento, California. He was selected as a Chick-fil-A owner and rang the cowbell in 2015. Prior to that, Eric had 20 years of experience in corporate America leading teams in the insurance industry. More importantly, Eric is a husband to his middle school sweetheart and wife of almost 30 years, Angie, and he's a dad to four incredible kids. Eric's going to share about his journey, give valuable insight into his talent strategy, and discuss what it looks like to create intentional time to invest in others. Buckle up because we've got a lot of value coming your way. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on today. Thanks, Josh. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun. Eric, I'm going to hit you with, with what everybody's dying to know. As somebody who's immersed in the Chick-fil-A brand as an owner-operator, if you could only have one sauce for the rest of your life on your menu, what would it be? The rest of my life? Wow, Josh, that's uh, that's tough one. They're all so good. But I'm, I'm going to have to go with the sweet and spicy sriracha. I feel like that really represents uh, I like my it. personality. Some days are sweet and some days are spicy. So uh, sweet and spicy sriracha for sure. I love it. And I love that it relates to life. A little bit of sweetness, a little bit of spice whenever, whenever you experience Eric Mason. You got to look out for that sweet and spicy sriracha though. You get three packs in and it starts, uh, it starts kicking a little bit. There's probably a life lesson in there somewhere. I don't know where. Oh, well, uh, well, Eric, you shared with us your, your favorite sauce. Um, Mm -hmm. the one sauce that you'd have to select. Talk to me about some of the most impactful things that you do as an operator. What would you say is your personal secret sauce in the way that you lead your team there? Madison Avenue. Yeah. Wow. My sauce would probably be like along the lines of a big cheerleader. That's the name of it. It would be, and then kind of to make up that, that special sauce, uh, there would be like different ingredients, like enthusiasm and, uh, belief and ultra competitivism and then, and then love. And I think those are some of the ingredients that would be mixed in there. And, you know, the, the whole cheerleading thing I think is, what my staff and my teams, my previous teams would say about me, my family, I get in there, you know, face to face, shoulder to shoulder in the last three feet. And I, I cheer people on. Um, I, I love, I love that a part about my business is I get to do life with people and really, uh, encourage them at a high level. I, I love it. It's, it reminds me of another thought leader, uh, a guy named Craig Rochelle, who says that you should celebrate and encourage your the people that are around you five times more than you think that you should, than what feels comfortable. And I love that that's your secret sauce and, and the way that you show up for cheer on your team, encourage them. Talk to me about the why behind that. What's led you 
to that, Eric, and, and the way that you cheerlead your team today, you know, how has that become your secret sauce? Wow, that's good, Josh. I just turned 50 and I, I look at like big, big moments in my life. Um, like my parents went through a divorce and I remember my grandfather, we called him I.I. He was a little bit, and I think he was very little on the Indian, but we, he always did Indian chants and we had a lot of fun. So we called him I.I. My brother kind of got that started, but I.I. would have me in, in his lap and uh, he would just kind of hold on to me and say, you are so awesome. You are so good. Such, you know, such a smart young man and made me feel so good. So I always want, I always remember that I, I being in my grandfather's arms and, and that's what I felt like made the biggest difference. And then, you know, as I got older, I realized, you know, having no father around, around, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be that way. I wanted to be a better husband, a dad, an active dad. And so I always knew that going into my life, uh, I wanted to be a great husband and a great father. And then my first job, actually, no, I'll go back. My first baseball coach in high school, he, he set really high expectations and I love baseball, Josh. And I realized just how, how empty it was. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So he taught me if I ever coached, I wanted to make sure that I, I met the expectations that my players had for me. And then my first real career job out of college, my boss, I, I remember he was just always so busy and I needed him in those first six months, those first, that first 12 months. And he just couldn't give me what I needed. So I was disappointed. And I remember thinking to myself, if I was ever a boss, if I was a supervisor or a leader or an owner, I'm going to give people my time. I'm going to give people my encouragement. So I would say those big things were, were monumental to me. And that's kind of what's created Eric Mason and the, and the big cheerleader sauce is I don't want to let people down. I want to do what I say I'm going to do. And I want to be all there. You, you, get, you get what you see. And I think that's very, very important for me as, as being a, you know, a leader of 80 people and leader in my family is um, I never want to set expectations too high or too low. I want to be just spot on and bring it, you know, every day. Yeah. You'll never regret showing up for people and being available. Uh, I found that in, in my leadership experience and especially in the world that we live in today, I think it's really important to reemphasize what you said and people are busier than, than we've ever been before, but just how important it is to know that where, where you're most impactful is showing up shoulder to shoulder um, and, and being there for your people, showing those high levels of support with the high expectations that you can have for them. So that's really good. Really, really good, Eric. And your secret sauce and, and what you've learned and, and what you bring to the table, Eric, I believe spills over heavily into how clearly you lay, you've laid out your vision and your core values for your team. Talk to everyone about how that's become a focus for you, how you clearly communicate that and what it looks like to remain focused on that with your team there at Madison Avenue. So Josh, when I left a career after 20 years in corporate America, you know, building sales teams, leading sales teams, I became a Chick-fil-A operator and we moved from New Orleans, you know, six people, two dogs, all the way from New Orleans to Sacramento. And we had the RVs and all of our cars and we, we drove up to 4644 Madison Avenue in Sacramento. All there was, was, was rubble. It was just dusty, dirty, 
graffiti everywhere. And Man. literally I got out of the, the art, the, the, the moving van. And I, I just kind of was like shaking my head going, what, what have I done? <laughs> like, is this it? You know, and homeless all over the place. There's uh, drug paraphernalia you know i could tell i moved into a broke a bro- real broken area mm-hmm. um and there was an air force base there that had you know thirty thousand jobs that had, that had closed down about five seven years before and so it just it, it was a real it's a real upside down area in a lot of ways i was a little frustrated but then i i realized really quickly like god had put me there for a reason and it was to be a, a bright light on madison avenue and that stuck with me is, yeah, of course, everybody sees the despair, but I was there to, to make it better, to bring the bright light in, in a dark area. And so with that, in coaching saw high school soccer for uh, a good while, I realized that you have to have core values. And I just took kind of what I learned with the coaching high school soccer, and I rolled it into my business. And our four core, core values are our integrity is do what's right all the time when no one's looking. Number two is serve. If you start serving others, they start serving you. And then you, you create something really special. And that's the third core value is, is teamwork. And listen, when you're a part of a team, you can move mountains. And I really believe that with 100%. And if you, our core value of number four is excellence. If you're striving towards excellence in everything you do with the high integrity, serving others and working as a team, there's nothing you can't accomplish. And so with our vision of being a bright light on Madison Avenue, it's actually beacon of light on Madison Avenue and those four core values. And it's the center of our universe, Josh. We've been open about five years. We're selecting people all the way up to the first day. And then on orientation day, we spend probably a good 30 minutes just on those those things. And then at 14 days and at 45 days and every other 60 day after that, we're talking about our vision and our core values. And it's it's basically built into our DNA. So to me, uh, there's no question that you have to have vision, but it has to be clear. And then you have to get everybody riled up around it yeah. and then live it out and hold people accountable. So super, super important. Yeah. And I love what you said there of how frequently you reiterate how that is a focus. And I believe you can never over communicate those core values and that vision to make sure that you're continuing to live out of those. The moment you stop is the moment you lose focus on it and you lose your way. And Mm -hmm. so I love that it remains a priority for you. And I want to go back to, to even what you said at the beginning of what you were sharing in your experience of, of when you pulled up to Madison <laughs> Avenue and, and what you experienced. And I think for a lot of people, it would have been very easy to go, what in the world am I doing here? And is this even the place for me? How am I going to make an impact here? But you saw the darkness is an incredible opportunity to be a really bright light, to be that beacon of light that comes out in your vision and to make an even bigger impact on the community community that you get to serve. Yeah. and influence in a really positive way. It goes back to that special sauce. Being a cheerleader, you know, I, I believe ignorance sometimes is bliss, is you got to be positive through thick and thin, even when your team's behind. I, that is a, another ingredient in, in the sauce is I'm probably positive to a fault and I would never change that about me is I, I'm always looking for the good. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the in the bad or the negativity 
And we really got to, as humans, watch, watch out for that, but be positive to a fault. The relentless optimism, the relentless positivity is absolutely a key trait, a crucial trait for any effective leader. You're very passionate also, Eric, about the talent and the people that you have there on your team. And you've learned a lot from your experience prior to Chick-fil-A and um, even in your first couple years at Chick-fil-A and what your approach to building a team looks like and how you're bringing in some of that top talent. Talk to me and, and talk to everyone about what you learned based on your experience, because I think one of the biggest challenges that everyone is facing today, and that's Chick-fil-A and, and outside of Chick-fil-A, is this battle for talent and, and finding highly effective leaders, high potential leaders to, to join the team. So, so share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, Josh, you know, so from transitioning from corporate America, 20 years, a lot of great experiences, but in, into the quick service, you know, restaurant business, if you, it, I think I did everything wrong that you possibly can do wrong. <laughs> and so I, I, I was, you know, three years in, I, I was, I was very, very frustrated. I, I just felt like I was constantly just chasing my tail, spinning in circles. I was exhausted, stressed, always worrying. And it was just about talent, right? It was the people in my business. And so thankful for my operator team and our pursuit of taking excellence trips regularly and just that fellowship together and going and meeting other businesses like ours. Mm -hmm. And we happened to go to Austin, Texas, and we visited a restaurant, uh, owner operator of Jeff Glover. Jeff, Jeff and I are probably 180 degrees different in, in our personalities, uh, which is great and fun. But, you know, I watched his model and his talent strategy of hospitality professionals, starting with a living wage, not a minimum wage. And I really absorbed everything about his business while we were there. And I said to myself, that's what I got to do. Come back with that talent strategy. And I did it. All of a sudden, you know, we have breadwinners, people with skin in the game, people were engaged. And that right there is what kind of uh, lifted our business immediately. And then I would say three or four months in, I realized we needed the second piece to that was a development plan, mm. a road track for these talented people to be challenged by, to, to help them develop, help them grow. And so we have this thing called the roadmap. And so it's basically at 45 days, we give it to them and then they, they're on their own track based off their performance, based on their desire. And we're coaching them and encouraging them to get through this. And then there was a third piece like I knew that I needed leaders and, you know, not everybody's made for leadership. Yeah. But we need, we need the, the six, 10 forwards and, <laughs> and the shooting guards. And so let's harness their talent as H hospitality professionals. So from my experience in corporate America, I knew that I could go out and recruit at local colleges and hire college graduates that had, you know, had great experiences through college and then, transition those folks in to our 30-month Raise Leadership Academy. And they come in for six months, give or take, and learn every single role in the business. And then slowly we plug them into leading small groups, small teams, you know, pieces of the business. And then about the 18th month mark, they're, they're leading the charge on big pieces of the business. And while they're doing this, they're learning about people. They're learning about our talent strategy, how to 
how to attract, how to select, how to train, how to develop, how to retain, and also how to promote. And they're learning all this business acumen. Um, these businesses are, I think, the best places to learn because there's so many transactions, there's so many people involved. And so that with that vision, um, I've been able to bring in about eight raise partners since we've started this. And it's been going on for about two years now. Between my HP strategy, the development track, the roadmap, and the Raise Leadership Academy, I, I believe has really been game changers for the long-term health of the business. And then as COVID has kind of come upon us, I feel like I'm in a, a great spot. I don't need 10 people every month for the next five months. We have a, a, a constant pipeline of people because my people that we hire, Josh, they stick, yeah. they stay. They, they want to be a part of, of the culture that we have going. So I'm not always having to replace people. So I think that's, that, that's the biggest differentiator. Oh, it's, it's huge. I think there's so much value in, in here and really these three tiers that you just unpacked for us, Eric, and the way that you approach talent and, and recruiting and coaching and pouring into these individuals. Part of it is, comes out in that story that you're telling them of the opportunity that exists here to really learn so much business acumen from from leading a a 10 or 11 million dollar business which is just huge you don't get opportunities like that typically right out of college as a leader and to be mentored by a leader like you but then also following through on that you got to follow through on on what yeah. you're communicating with them if like you said you want those leaders to stick around to keep from having to constantly replace them and that comes out in your secret sauce and how you show up and cheerlead and encourage and go shoulder to shoulder with some of these individuals. I love to see it play out through that strategy and the impact that it's had on your business and the team that you have in place. Mm -hmm. So really, really helpful here. A lot of value. I can't reiterate that enough. I'm going to shift gears a little bit into the family side of things because I think you lead your family. I believe you lead your family really well. Eric, with some of the things that you do. So I'll give you, I know that they're a priority for you. So I'll give you a chance to brag on your family a little bit, but then also tell me about how you've just been intentional with staying connected and staying balanced with your family, making sure that that remains a priority and, and how that plays out with them. Wow. You, you bring up my family, Josh, and I, I got like, you know, my hair standing up. I got chills just because they're <laughs> They're, they're my life. That's, that's what keeps me grounded. They're, they're the energy behind me. You know, um, I met my wife when we were in eighth grade. I was, she went to a, a private Catholic school and I was, of course, at the private middle school and, uh, or not the, the public, you know, on the other side of the track, so to speak, but, but all good. And I was dribbling up the basketball and I heard this really enthusiastic cheerleader and I'm dribbling it up. And I probably shouldn't, my coach, sorry, coach uh, Hugh Miller, but I, I looked over and all the cheerleaders from their team were standing in the corner, but she was still screaming and going for it. And then at the next time out, I said, Hey guys, uh, to my teammates, does anybody know that cheerleader down there? <laughs> and my center, you know, he, he, he told me, he's like, Miss Mace, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll introduce you uh, after the game's over. And that was it. Uh, we met when we were uh, in eighth grade and, we started dating our sophomore year in high school, and then we broke up like a thousand times and ended up getting married about 22. I was still in college, but she's the my best friend. She's sometimes my enemy too, Josh, but uh, <laughs> we've been married 27 years, have never looked back, and we still feel like we're on our honeymoon. And 
I know awesome. that's a little much, but uh, she she literally keeps me grounded. And then we have four kids, 24 down to 18. So mm-hmm. uh, two girls and two boys. It's so much fun. And I encourage you and, and anyone else have as many kids as, as the Lord will, will allow you because it really is what life's all about is is watching these young young people, these young souls grow and mature and blossom and then move on to the big world. But uh, I will tell you, you know, very busy in corporate America, traveling about 140, 150 nights a year. My, I was on the road a lot. And yeah. my time with my kids was super, way more important. So I'm, I always told myself, make it great when I'm with them. Mm-hmm. And growing up, taking them to all their sporting events, those car rides are super important. Yeah. Whether it was 10 minutes or an hour for tournaments outside of the city, wherever you were going, you make that all about them. Don't be on your phone. You just, you're there to listen. You're there to take them to, take them to the convenience store, take them to Dairy Queen, take them to Chick-fil-A and go get them a milkshake. But that's, <laughs> that's your role as a parent. And that's how I saw my role. And I had to learn through that. I, I needed to shut my mouth when they were playing competitive sports, Josh, but really they just want their dad to, to take them to go get an ice cream after the game's over and yeah. just be there to listen to them. And then as they got older, Josh, we got a, a hot tub. And I'll never forget it. I was getting the hot on. me because I'm I'm getting old, right? My bones yeah. crickety and sore. I'll never forget it. They they must have been like fifth and seventh grade, and they and they got in and li- literally within minutes. I don't know if it was the hot water, but they just started talking and telling me everything about their life. And I was like, wow. And then one more time, and then another month, another two months, and I realized that that was the secret sauce for me to be close to my kids. Mm-hmm. is just get him in the hot tub and they would just talk to dad and I wouldn't say anything. I would just let it naturally organically happen. And next thing you know, I'm like their closest confidant, but it's kind of just between us and we call them tub talks. It's amazing. To this day, we're very fortunate and very blessed that, you know, we've moved all over the country. We've been living in Raleigh, North Carolina, New Orleans, Louisiana, and now back to Sacramento, California. And all of our kids are close to us. And whenever they walk in this, this house, and they say, dad, tub. And, I, and we always say, and whatever we're doing, we stop and we get our suits on and we'll grab a 10 minute, a 15 minute tub talk. And they just, sometimes I think it's, they want to get in the hot tub, but I think it's really, they just want to have a talk with dad. That's so amazing. It's really cool. Love it. Hashtag tub talk. <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody go get a hot tub. Yes. Um, it'll be impactful for, for the fam. I um uh, I'm going to I'm going to buy mine as soon as I hop off here, Eric. I I love what you said and just creating intentional space to connect with your kids. But I think there's a lot of other application with that. You also talked about car rides, how important those were, and not just talking, not not to get your points across, not to to parent, but to listen a lot of times, just to be that sounding board to be able to really seek to know what's going on with them and to understand. And I think you can apply that to teams too in, in the business world. And that may not be in a, in a hot tub, but creating a, a space just to listen to your team, whether that's 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever that looks like, uh, but to be available for them and to be able to, uh, to hear what's happening is huge as a leader and, and how you continue to guide them and mentor them. Uh, a lot of takeaways there, even from leading your family that I think you can apply in really all areas of life on the home front and on on the business front. I want to talk about here quickly, 
some of the experiences that that have really allowed you to see impact that have impacted you as a leader and have really spurred you on and inspired you in in your passion for this and how you're committed to giving your your life away to influence and to better impact the lives of others. So talk to me about just a couple of the things that have taught you a lot as a leader. You know, Josh, life is full contact. Um, my old football coach used to say, you know, hey, uh, make, t- make sure your chin strap is, is firmly tight uh, because we're going to get hit. I remember being uh, in college, Chico State, uh, go Wildcats. I, I, I was the president of the Chico State Marketing Association. And at the time, we had 120 members and 18 board members. And I remember winning the position and, and I was all great and it was going to help me grow and get me ready for, for a career. And I remember how hard it was to motivate 18 people. And from start to finish, I had made all these expectations, right? And so I had to really carry it forward. And I remember probably in midway, the vibe that we had, the momentum. And I remember telling, and I was married to Angie at the time. And I remember she was involved too. She was kind of the team mom. And I remember saying, this is so much fun. I love what I'm doing. I was so passionate about these people and getting them charged, moving up the, the, the mountain together. And so I said, I think I really want to move this direction. And so that was really, really a, a, an eye opener for me. Josh was throwing myself out there uh, in leadership during college. And then also being a sales manager in my first career at Federated Insurance, uh, being a district marketing manager was not easy. I was on the road a lot and you basically hire every single rep that you have. It was a long, long selection process and it, it was just grueling. But to see your impact that you could have with your reps as they got more confident and more striving towards expertise and then launching them into their own districts and into, into you know promoting them and then them starting their own district and then seeing them flourish game changer. I mean, that that's what life's all about. And so, yeah, paychecks matter, you know, bonus checks come and go. And as soon as you cash it and you, you forget about it, but the impact that you can make on people, helping them get to where they want to go is, is, is literally like what it's all about. And just this Sunday, I got a text from one of my old sales reps. And when I found him, Greensboro, North Carolina, he was actually an ex kicker from UNC Chapel Hill. And he had played it, you know, on the football team and he had been through two or three jobs, didn't really have a vision, didn't really know what he was going to do. And now he's got five kids. His oldest just turned 16. He's happily married. He's got a thriving insurance business. And he took a picture of a 16 year old with her brand new Jeep. And he just said, thank you for your positive influence. And to me, that's, equivalent to a hundred thousand dollar check in a way, yeah. you know, just because I know I made a difference in that young man's life. And, and back to my special sauce, the big cheerleader, John 1 16 says, uh, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Hmm. And if Jesus Christ can give us grace upon grace, we, we need to share more love and more uh, commitment to people. And, and I really believe that with 100% conviction, Josh, that that's what we need more of is people yeah. believe in other people. Uh, absolutely. That's, that's fulfilling work. Um, when you love in that way and you yeah. give your life away, like you have Eric and 
you see those individuals launch out and propel forward because of some of some of what you did and, and some of some of the ways that you led them. There's there's not much more in this world that's that's more gratifying than that. You can't put a dollar amount on it, like you said. It's 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 more valuable than any raise or bonus or anything uh, that you could receive. And so, yeah. I love the perspective that you shared there, and even the verse that you shared. I think that's spot on. And it's all about experiences, and it's really all about it's all about multiplication. Very few people in this world uh, will get to experience that, but hopefully, everybody that's listening. We'll take that and move forward with it and, and, and commit to seeing things happen like, like that and, and, and eventually getting those texts one day of, hey, thanks for investing in me because look at, look at what now is happening. I wanted to talk briefly just about WildSpark before we wrap up. It's, it's, it's how we got connected initially and we're able to build this friendship that we now have. Talk to me about WildSpark and the strategy of WildSpark from a leadership development perspective and the impact that it's had on your team and even how you've seen some multiplication start to happen through it here recently and and the unique approach that you're taking with it. So my good friend, Joe Weber, uh, shout out to Joe Weber and Castle Rock. Shout out, Joe. uh, Operator coach. Um, As I saw his journey, um, I saw that he was using WildSpark. So that kind of got embedded on on, uh, my brain. And then as I started bringing in HPs and then also these Rays partners, I need help. Uh, I'm good, but I'm not that good. So, I mean, I need help. And so I saw WildSpark as as a way to have this uh, ongoing discussions about leadership about self-development, about self-improvement, you know, and I'm a, I'm a big believer in always continuously getting better, right? And continuous improvement. And I feel like the day we stop learning or stop trying to get better is, is going to be a, a dark day. So uh, WildSpark has been amazing for our team. We started about two years ago and it was just leaders, the raise partners, and then also managers and, 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 and folks in my business. And we started out, I think, with 12. And this is literally two years ago. And then, as you know, just things kind of, you know, change over time. And so we've launched people into different other opportunities. And we got down to five. And the, this last young lady, she she's trying to get permanently hired with Chick-fil-A. And she's launching out to Atlanta. So we have four. And one of them's me. So I, I went to the three leaders and I said, how would you like to start your own wild spark group? And so they're actually starting this month with their own group of five. And so now, so we had wild spark 101.0 and then we had wild spark 2.0, which my wife leads of eight, eight, nine people. Uh-huh. And now we have wild spark 3.1, 3.2, 3.3. So, awesome. and I get to, I get to be a part of all of it. So it, 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 it there's amazing discussions behind the topics each month mm-hmm. and you think, Oh, okay. Trust. I know everything about trust. Well, no, you don't. And be able to talk to your staff about it and to understand like the expectations of trust or having tough conversations. Like these topics are so basic. And but uh, but you guys, WildSpark, you guys do a great job of putting it on your online platform and how you unravel the message and get us to think and to collaborate and to communicate is genius. And so I use this as a supplement with everything else I'm doing. Um, so it's not the focal point, but it's just another enhancer. And to me, I, f- I feel like everyone should do it. Um, it's very inexpensive. 
don't raise your prices, but I mean, we will 30 promise per person. And I, I just, I, I, I love it. And I've really, we've gotten a lot out of it. Mm. And so just recently with our last rollout of three point wild spark, 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, we've included some of our, our HPs, our hospitality professionals. So it's not just to the leaders. And so these are folks that have aspiring, you know, ambitions to head that direction into leadership. And it's really given us a, a good bird, bird's eye view of what they're going to bring to the table and how do they take it seriously. And so, and then how, how are they going to mesh with all these other leaders? So yeah. it has been a great tool for us, a great resource. So I'm a, I'm a big believer of WildSpark. And in our setting, in in our little restaurants, it, it, we've gotten a lot out of it. So thank you very much. Yeah, man, I, I really appreciate the kind words, Eric, and, and sharing what you've shared. I think what gets me most excited is the 3.1, 3.2, 3.3 that you're talking about, where they were just participating in, in Wild Spark before, but now they're getting to take levels of ownership and lead teams. And that's what it's all about, right? It's empowering the next generation to go on and, and propelling them forward, like you talked right. about earlier on the podcast. And and Wild Spark playing a small, a small role in that gets me really fired up. So I really appreciate you sharing. And that's all I got for, for today, Eric. This has been phenomenal. I truly believe a lot of people out there are going to be better cheerleaders because of what they've heard you share today, that they're going to show up, they're going to encourage more. And so that's a huge win. And I appreciate you coming on, adding value. I appreciate our relationship and man, get out there and, and keep impacting Eric. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you for having me. And it was great to get to know you as well. Good luck to you. Bye, Eric. Bye-bye. Wow, Eric bringing crazy amounts of value today. Remember these three things as we wrap up. Number one, be positive no matter what. As a leader, we have to show relentless positivity with whatever comes our way. Number two, if you're building a team, recruit top leaders and give them a reason to stick around. Invest and pour into them. Give them a development plan. Number three, Make sure that you're creating intentional time to listen to and to connect with those that you lead. Above all else, if you don't remember anything else from our time together today, be the world's biggest cheerleader. Look for and seek out opportunities to be an encourager, to show your team that you're in their corner and that you're for them. If you have not already, smash that subscribe button so you know when the next episode drops. Thank you again, everybody, for spending this time with us today. Stay saucy, and we'll see you next time on the Secret Sauce Podcast. Podcast.